Welcome to the Medical Menemist Podcast, your source for memory techniques and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back, Medical Nemonists. Today, we're going to cover different levels of education in medical and healthcare sciences. And this is just sort of an arbitrary definition that I've given to it that's helped me define my placements, my knowledge level on different materials. And I feel like some of this material can be useful in your own studies, but also in education in general. It'd be great if preceptors and medical educators and instructors followed this pattern a little more generally. We often see in medical school, there is a vast array of different medical instructor personalities. You'll have some that are very much PhD level, fellowship level educators in their specialization. They have a lot of useful information. They know the ins and outs of their specialty very well, but they might not be able to translate that material very well to a medical student level of knowledge. You'll also find educators that really just follow the textbook that is in front of them. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but what is the goal of that textbook? If the goal of that textbook is to help you learn the material on a very general and broad sense, okay, but is that going to help you in your career? Maybe, maybe not. Parts will, parts may be less important. Is the book going to prepare you for your boards? That might be a little better metric to base at least the first two years basic sciences on. Is it going to be beneficial for the wards? That would be a little bit better for the third and fourth year or clinical sciences in a general curriculum. So what we find in medical education is tricky for a medical student to sort of come to terms with because you'll have a wide variety of these different metrics that the instructor might be looking at to judge how well the student knows the material. And they might not coincide necessarily with where you are or where you want to be. So here is just sort of a very basic arbitrary general level of education that I've come up with that you can use to guide where you are and where you want to go. So for level one, this is the basic facts memorization aspect. This is where memory techniques are very useful, but also flashcards can be very useful. So if you need to remember what factoids go for what disease or new medical terminology or something like that, it's really the pre-med and first year, at least first few months of medical school information. You don't have the knowledge yet to synthesize all the information and really come up with a diagnosis or a treatment plan or something that you'd see more clinically. You really just need to memorize these facts. So for this part, for level one knowledge, I really encourage you to utilize flashcards with just basic questions and answers. What chemicals are seen in X? What muscle attaches to this bone? Or what cancer marker is seen in pancreatic cancer versus ovarian cancer? Or what microbes are most likely to be seen in a particular disease, such as a respiratory tract infection? You can later add to these and make them much more complex as you develop your knowledge and alter the flashcards you've already made or create new ones. You can add to previous visual markers and memory palaces that you've created or start over and make a new one. But this is also where I would say spaced rehearsal and repetition is probably the most important. This is where you really need to get the facts down. You have to be able to recall them with 
you know, the flip of a switch, just know them down pat, not recognize them. If you see them on a test, not recognize them. If you see them in your notes, but to be able to recall all of the information, and that is just going to reduce the cognitive load for your testing for level two information, at least what I'm calling level two information. This is getting closer to maybe the end of your second year of medical school, your step one prep sort of material. This is where you're at the integrative basics is what I'll call it. So in the integrative basics, this level two information, you know now from all of the information you're getting, possibly in a question stem, what symptoms, what signs you will see for different diseases. You'll be able to start knowing the diagnosis and treatments, at least the basic parts of it for different diseases. And this is where you really need to become familiar with illness scripts or patient scripts. These illness scripts are the stereotypical patient that is often used in questions. For instance, if you have a young child that's tugging on his ear and crying, that is a very common illness script for an ear infection. Or an older gentleman, probably in his 60s or 70s, coughing a lot, barrel-chested, and probably breathing through pursed lips, then we're going to suspect emphysema. And obviously, you'll probably have a history of smoking somewhere in the question stem, in the vignette somewhere. So you'll have this illness script of this particular disease of emphysema as a stereotypical patient. So memorizing these, or at least understanding these illness scripts as they relate to the diseases that are going to be most prevalent for your testing is sort of where we are for the stage two or integrative basics. Stage three, I call it integrative flow. This is what is commonly tested more on step two material. And I find it very unfortunate because at least for me, seeing the visual of the diagnostic flow and treatment flow, like flow charts for them is much easier to comprehend the entire disease as opposed to just memorizing little factoids as you often have to do for step one. So a lot of third-party materials also leave these out of step one study materials. And what these are is, okay, we now know the illness script. We have diagnosed, at least on first glance, a patient from the stem with this disease, let's say emphysema. What is the next step? What is the next treatment or what is the next diagnostic we need to do to confirm that our suspicion is correct, that they actually have the disease we think they do? What is the next treatment for them if they're already on a current treatment? So this gets a little bit more complex, and you don't need to know this material at all for step one, generally speaking, but having a more complete view of the patient, at least for me, is much easier to remember. So this integrative flow state allows more of an order of operations to medical practice. You do A, then you do B, then you do C. Of course, there's, unless this happens, then you go to J and then come back to E or whatever. But having that order is much easier to remember than a bunch of seemingly miscellaneous facts. Then once we go on to stage four, we're getting a little bit more away from step two board material and into actual clinical medicine. And anyone that's had clinical experience, whether it was before medical school, maybe you were a nurse or an EMT or some other medical specialist, 
you'll know that a lot of the material you studied for that class, for that certificate degree, whatever it was, doesn't apply to when you actually get in the hospital. And this is most jobs and certificates, unfortunately. There are rules that we need to follow for the test, and then basically you do whatever your boss says when you get there. So integrative clinical, this level four, is really a multitude. It's noticing the differences in what you do on the boards and what you do on the wards. But it's also being able to name different stages within a disease, which you don't really need to know that much detail for the step one material. You'll need to know some of it for step two, but really not to a great degree. So you don't need to know that there are several different stages in hypertension. You don't need to know that there are different treatments for each of those stages. You don't need to know the different stages in congestive heart failure or chronic kidney disease. It's good to know them, and if you do, it'll help you differentiate questions a little bit better, even to the step one material, because they might have information in the question stem that will guide you towards one of these, but there's other information in the question that will allow you to answer. So you don't need to know this information earlier on. But once you get to level four and you're either close to being done with your step two or have finished the step two, you're still doing your clinical rounds, you need to know these different stages for the appropriate treatments. So this is why I call it the integrative clinical stage. It allows you to delve deeper into your potential treatment options or the next diagnostic step than you need to know earlier on. And I can understand how a lot of this information is broken up so as to not overload the student for each disease, but at the same time, it can be beneficial to at least be aware of these differences earlier on so you know where to go or you know there is another option. So we have level one, which is pretty much pre-med and basic medical information, put it on flashcards, basic factoids, rehearse them, recall them, know them down pat. Level two, integrative basics, where we get to integrate more information into these illness scripts and know what symptoms are related to what disease and some of the basics of diagnostic techniques and treatments. Although you don't have to know too much of these step one material. Then we go into stage three, which is integrative flow stage, which is knowing the flow of your order of operations, knowing what diagnosis comes next or treatment comes next. Do we need to do this diagnostic step before we can start treating for something more severe? Getting all of those order of operations type differences down will be very useful. And if you can do this before step one, I think it would help you immensely on step one. So I am a big fan for those schools that are switching to doing step two initially and then sort of letting you do step one whenever you want to. Completing step one, in my opinion, it's not necessarily going to be extremely helpful on your third and fourth year awards. And then we go into stage four, integrative clinical. This is much more detail about each individual disease, the different stages in different diseases, how to treat the different stages, test for different stages, what are some of the side effects that we can see with these different stages, how does it progress, which one has worse prognosis, those types of things. And this is more for your clinical wards and maybe getting into step three material a little bit more. And from here, we really don't need to focus too much on the last few, but just for clarification, I also add a step five, which is sort of mixed pathologies and what happens if you have two diseases that have either similar presentations or might conflict data 
for each other. So this is sort of residency level material. And maybe level six would be a fellowship level. It's super specialized information. Not stuff that we need to recognize or need to know about right now. But just to be aware that there's a constant progression. There is no, I hit this ceiling and now I'm done learning. There's always more to learn. So having some sort of division of the labor in your mind might help you assess where you are currently and where you need to be or where you want to be. So real briefly, how to set this up in your own studies. As we covered, level one is really heavily dependent on flashcards. Level two is going to be heavily dependent on flashcards as well, but this is also where you want to add in a lot of QBank questions, clinical questions, and vignettes. Get used to the question stem, how questions are asked, what sort of techniques the question writers will use to try to make sure you know the information and can't just guess it. This isn't like any other test you've taken. This isn't like undergrad where you can process of elimination, probably get a pretty decent score. They really write a lot of these questions, so you have to know the exact answer because they'll put another one that is specifically designed to make you pick that wrong one. They'll put a very, very close answer to make sure that you can distinguish between these two very close presentations. Level three, I recommend going back to flashcards for a lot of this because you can find flowcharts on a lot of online information. Your QBanks probably have them if you have subscriptions to them. You can take screenshots of those or find other ones through Google, put them into a flashcard deck, ask a question or two, and try to rehearse this entire flow without looking at anything. Try to close your eyes and picture the entire flow chart. And that will help you immensely for especially step two material and also just on the ward. So you don't need to remember five different facts. You're remembering one image, this one flow chart. You can also use mind maps for this if you feel comfortable in using that. It's a very useful technique and a lot of flow charts basically are mind maps without the color designations, without the images, without the extra memory visual aids that are part of the official mind map. And then stage four is integrative clinical. This again will come back to a mixture of probably questions and also using flashcards for maybe charts or other descriptions that are very similar that you want to distinguish between your space repetition and rehearsal practice is going to be immensely useful for all of these. But also when you get to stage four, now hopefully you have developed significant clinical experience. And that is where this stage really switches over. You are now going to be able to put these illness scripts and these factoids and flashcards and question stems to a patient that you've seen clinically. And that personal clinical hands-on experience cannot be matched, in my opinion, by any other study, skill, or track. So getting as much clinical experience as you can, getting adequate amounts of time is not necessarily important, but getting the most experience as you can, seeing the most variety of patients, seeing patients with rare diseases, just getting a more robust view of clinical medicine is going to help you a lot for that. And I understand you might not have the ability to control that aspect, but with a little research within your school or using third-party resources, you might be able to find some better rotations, some volunteer experiences. Anything like that will help give you more experience for a wider variety of patients and just get those facts to really stick better. 
I think that's about all for this episode. Remember, there's the four main stages we're focusing on. Don't need to go to stage five and six, which is pretty much residency level, fellowship level. But know your plan. Know where you are right now. And don't fool yourself into thinking you're at a higher level than you are. The only way to really test this is by rehearsal. See if you actually know the material. See if you can rehearse it to yourself in a mirror. Close your eyes during meditations. See if you can rehearse it to a friend, a peer, another student. Rehearse it to your pet. Rehearse it to your plant. If you can say it out loud, if you can remember every bit of it, or at least a significant chunk of it, then you're fine. If not, you might be falling into that illusion of knowledge, that illusion of competence where you think you know much more than you do, but it's based on recognition memory, and that's very weak. So be wary of recognition memory. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed. Please send any feedback. As always, have information in the show notes. You can tag Medical Nemonist Facebook group, our mastermind group. I have the Medical Nemonist at Gmail. Also, my other group, Free Med Ed, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Go ahead, reach out. Questions, comments, concerns, how we can improve. Love to hear back from you. All right, and I'll see you next week. Do you have questions about medical mnemonics, study tactics, or anything related to studying in medicine and healthcare? Well, you should join the Medical Nemesis Mastermind Facebook group. This is the best place to ask these questions and get direct answers from myself and others in our growing community. Leave feedback about the show, share your own tips, and ask the community questions you've been meaning to get out. Find and join the Medical Nemesis Mastermind on Facebook and connect with our growing community.